0: Hey everyone. Thanks again for tuning into another episode of the sample hour. Um, really appreciate everyone's feedback of late, man. I, uh, I'm glad everyone's been enjoying these shows. I hope you enjoy this one as well. Um, if you guys, uh, don't mind, just let me know. Another thing you can always do, which helps me is if you listen to this on iTunes, If you can rate and review on iTunes, it helps out quite a bit. So downloads don't actually mean anything on iTunes. Well, they're all about reviews. So if you want to spam my podcast page or my podcast link on iTunes, that'd be amazing. And uh, so before we get started, as usual, I think I forgot to do this on the last episode. So if you guys would not mind, please you don't really have to, but I have affiliates and I like to help them out. Cause they're my friends. So if, if you guys are looking for nursery stuff, so comfrey, um, fruit trees and all that fun stuff, click on the link in the show notes and you can click on the picture. should say nature's image farm, save 10% off. And, uh, you also get free shipping. So if you guys want to go there, you get 10% off with code word sample. Second, if you, uh, Grant Schultz still has some stuff on new farm supply, check out what he has. If you're interested in anything, you get 20% off with free shipping as well with code word sample. Um, if you're interested in starting a podcast, uh, I'm a big fan of podcast blast off. It's just over a year old, but it's, uh, you know, they're pretty receptive. You know, if you're if you're, if you're new like me and you're, you're one of the earlier people and you want things to be a certain way, they're very receptive to changing it because they're new and they know they need to form to the ideals of their customers. So uh, you can click on that link and start your own podcast. It's pretty fun. They do free consulting and everything. And finally, last but not least, if you want to become a profitable farmer, I highly recommend uh, checking out Curtis Stone's course. You can either click on the link in the show notes and save $100 or the other link will actually give you a payment plan. That's the one I did. Anyways, guys, uh, enjoy this episode and looking forward to bringing you the next episode on Thursday. chris thanks for hey, joining how's me going? good man i got uh ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to figure out so i don't have to introduce people twice so i'm still <laughs> trying to work that in now that i have theme music man it's like it really puts a, a monkey and or uh, a wrench in the in the the system i had going on there chris but uh yeah. i'm joined today by chris gilbert of uh gilbert's grapes and he was telling me for some reason i was like thinking like man so he's a grape farmer in iowa but no he is not That is just a, a play on words and a name um but anyways chris i know during uh when i was doing uh with scott when we were doing the uh failing forward podcast you had uh you had helped me with some i mean just some different things like i was struggling with flea beetles and you would throw in some tips and uh we've been friends on facebook for a while and i'll always like the stuff that you would add or comments you would you private messages you'd send or any helpful tips you'd give me so wanted to have you on the podcast man because you know you're you're a new farmer as well correct
1: correct yep
0: so what made you so let's let's hear about chris gilbert so what kind of got you on this path of small-scale farming in the heart of monsanto land
1: Uh, Well, originally, um, my wife and I were renting a duplex in 2012, and uh, there was a small patch of dirt. I don't know if they were planning on mulching it at some time, but I started a small garden there, and um, I just was really enjoying it and supplementing some of my grocery bill. And um, then in 2013, my wife and I were looking for a house, and we found one. Uh, not too far from where our duplex was, and it had an acre of land to go along with it. Um, so I, when I first started, I knew nothing about small scale farming. I was, you know, watching videos on YouTube of uh, different home gardeners, and they were all using raised beds and stuff like that. And um, I just, I went for it. I, I didn't have anywhere to sell at the time but uh in the spring of 2014 I started a small garden on a 64 by 32 foot plot and um from there it's just kind of been succession after succession um from year to year
0: so so yeah so so this is 2014 so your first year how did, so how did that go? So like you were, you didn't, were you, did you read any books or were you just kind of like, fuck it, man, I'm just going to wing it. It's not too hard to just throw seeds in the ground. And
1: yeah, I just went for it. And, um, like, did you have yeah. a
0: full-time job as well? And you were just doing part no. time
1: um, since 2012, I had been going to school full-time. Um, so the first season that I was growing, um, I was taking like 15 credit hours at the time. Um, cause, uh, my wife and I, we have three kids, one just three months old. Um, but I've been staying home and trying to get finished with school on an accountancy degree. And, um, I, I knew nothing. I mean, I hadn't even ever heard of Elliot Coleman at all, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I got started and I applied to a farmer's market. We have a pretty good farmer's market here and, um, I applied and just went for it. I mean, up until you know the month of April, I had no idea whether I was going to get into the farmer's market. And that was pretty stressful at the time because I was putting in a whole bunch of work to uh, get started. Um, we sell a lot of transplants like tomato plants and pepper plants in the beginning of the year. And that was kind of what I was banking on um, in the first year was to You know get some cash flow going with uh selling some transplants in the spring and um but it it worked out we're still going
0: yeah so so i i guess so take me through it so you you get in there you're doing transplant you're selling transplants what were the what were the main crops you were selling that first year
1: um well we did mainly it was tomatoes which (laughs) kind of hurt us and at least made it a little bit easier. I mean, we did do uh, some kale and like a small spring mix, but I, I mean, I was picking lettuce leaves off of plants individually, off of you know baby lettuce plants. So um, <laughs> there wasn't anything substantial in that. Uh, we'd bring like five bags to the market, and but it was it was an interesting experience, and it was. Um, It was kind of nice going into it and not really knowing what I was doing. Um, It was kind of just something to do for fun. And, I mean, I I thought that I would be able to make a decent amount of money. And, I mean, we we did all right in the first year. Um, But mainly it was all heirloom tomato plants. Uh, Unfortunately, we had a really good tomato year that year um, because I've never had a tomato year like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, yeah which is usually the case with tomatoes you get a good year and a bad year
0: well so what happens to the next year so you you get your first year out of the way well how were yeah. you irrigating it were you just spraying it with a hose did you did you set up sprinkler systems what did what did yeah. you do so what were what was your go-to move to like figure it out did you just did you just get on youtube videos
1: yeah i mean i was following um uh like john kohler and uh there's this other guy in uh, I think it's Maryland, his name's Gary Polargic, and they just they're just home gardeners, and most of them you know they use raid beds, so I figured you know, well, I'll just make a three foot wide bed and that's what I'm gonna plant and so it it was kind of I kind of had an intuitive approach um to entering market garden I mean even in the past, um when I had a small garden at the duplex we were living at, I was using like the The fabric, landscape fabric, not the kind that, you know, everybody's using now, but like the cheap stuff you use for just laying down mulch over. Um, I was using that just to, you know, keep weeds down and stuff like that.
0: And how did you figure out to use that? Was it just you saw John Kohler talk about it or you saw home gardeners talking about it?
1: Yeah, I don't remember exactly how I came about that, but I don't remember exactly. I don't know. (laughs) but um
0: so that so you you get your first season done you sell a you sell a shitload of tomatoes yeah and so so you're going back to the drawing board in the off season so what happens what makes you say you know i think there's a better way to do this uh i don't really want to sell as much tomatoes like what what kind of started that thought process
1: yeah well and being at the farmer's market um i started talking to some of the other farmers that had been there for many years and um, one of them, he started telling me about Elliot Coleman. So I went home and got on YouTube and started looking up a whole bunch of videos of him. And towards the end of the year, you know, I at him and then I saw, you know, another farmer friend on Facebook had liked uh, The Market Gardener by John Martin. And I bought that book. And then from there, uh, I started getting interest in Growing more salad because you know and he says that's the most profitable crop that there is um and then i started looking into the greens harvester and stumbled upon curtis's video back when you know he only had four or five videos up on youtube and uh this was 2014
0: yeah so this is like the off season so you you go to you know or was this towards the end of the season you started discovering this stuff
1: yeah, this was towards the end of the season. I mean, over the year, I was looking up Elliot Coleman videos, and um, you know, I was still using techniques that Elliot Coleman uses for a small scale, with you know, taking a seed packet and putting a crease in it and seeding everything by hand. Um, but most of it from 2014 to uh, the spring of 2015 really opened up my mind to you know what John Matten was doing. Uh, was reading the Market Gardener.
0: So you read the Market Gardener, you see Curtis Stone's videos, and then what do you do? How do how do how do what changes? Like, did you immediately just change your your planning? Did you did you did you look to get infrastructure in place, or like get a a BCS or a different uh, tiller or anything like that?
1: No. Um, <laughs> well, I I adopted the you know the permanent raised bed or even if they're not raised beds, you know, the permanent bed system, the 30 inch bed, um, that made a whole lot of sense, especially since I was doing a hell of a lot of, uh, bending over picking lettuce leaves one by one. And, uh, (laughs) um, but no, I, even to just this year, I just got a, uh, one of those Troy built, uh, ponies, I think they're called. And, um, no, in, in 2015, I just adopted a vet system. You know, I kept doing some of the same crops, stewing a lot of radishes, starting to do more lettuce. Um, and I was still doing things like
0: kohlrabi and uh, green beans and um, okra. Now, do you have a market for kohlrabi? Ray Taylor or Ray Tyler was telling me that uh, it's just a, like a foreign food in Tennessee. And I, I'd never heard of kohlrabi, but. No, it's like this, now that I've heard it, it's kind of like Michael Buble, you can't yeah. hear it and then it just keeps popping up in your, uh, your world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, <Michael> we... <laughs> we don't,
1: we don't really have a, a market for it. I mean, there'll be people that come up and ask for it every now and then, but you know, people come up and ask for dandelion greens pretty often too, but I don't think that's really worth growing.
0: Well, um, yeah you don't really have to try to grow it you just find yeah, it, no. and harvest <laughs> it um but uh okay so two thousand so you 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 uh you adopt the, the thirty inch raised bed system yep. the perma beds and then so what size so at this point so from two thousand fourteen to two thousand fifteen um did you expand your oh, yeah. how much so what what did you do next so what did you what was the plan? Because you know you were just doing tomatoes, you were hand picking leaves off a of lettuce, <laughs> and you realize you know this sucks. So then you you find you know more ergonomic way to do this. So what what else is changing? So with this thirty bed system, you're like, okay, I could expand this. And like, what did you what were you thinking crop wise? What were you thinking for for that next year?
1: Yeah, and. In- 2015, I, th- I started focusing more on the lettuce and stuff. And um, I also, I got uh, the 727 Broad Fork from Johnny's. I got their landscape rake as well and uh, the little pipe fittings that you put on to mark out your rows. Um, and really, I expanded to, uh, I think at the time, it was probably 50 by 90 foot plot I opened up. An expansion to uh the thirty two by sixty four plot that I had, but I also in the fall of two thousand and fourteen I put up a small hoop house it was about thirteen feet by forty feet long and
0: um and how did you build it did you uh did you buy it and then just put it up or did you bolt, bend all the poles yourself or have them bent
1: no i actually i I've probably rebuilt it um <laughs> Five or six times, you know. Like I'm saying, you know, I I came from not knowing anything, but I built it with um, you know, from some of Elliot Coleman's videos, I had gathered that you know I could just take some rebar, stick it in the ground, put some PVC pipes over it. Um, but I was using like the the white schedule 40 PVC piping, and I think the first time I did it, I used like half inch, <laughs> and it definitely broke uh we got a lot of snow that year um I think that was actually the record for the most snow we've ever had and um I would spend nights you know every hour waking up and going out with a broom and pushing snow off uh just to try and make it work um but yeah I just I just went for it I had a friend um across the river from me and uh I went over and saw he had been farming for, I think he's been farming like 10, 15 years and looked at his hoop house and got an idea of maybe what I could do. But it was cheap. It worked. I mean, I've still got it up, the initial idea of it, but I've replaced the PVC fittings with, um, or the PVC piping with a lot stronger, the gray uh, PVC.
0: So you you've always kind of looked to see – you know i could you know somebody's always trying to sell me something in this business so yeah you know, what could i do to or, you know build this myself or what what's a solution i could do on the cheap cuz i know um i mean that was something i always get like you would always like i think you sent me a few messages of just you know here's a here's a cheaper solution
1: to what yeah. you're thinking
0: and and i think that's great man because it's um it's easy to throw money at a problem and, oh yeah. And especially for me, it was, you know, because I was I wasn't, you know, I was working a full time job. I was making the you know, pretty good money. And so, you know, but now I'm looking at it like I bought this this piece of shit hoop house because I wanted a hoop house and we put it together and man, it's not even up a year and it looks like shit. And it's not even oh. anything I did wrong, but it's in my my backyard. Then after I got it, you know, Michael Jordan's telling me his lasted like three days. Wow. Um, Ben McKibben's telling me that his gets blown, you know, blown over all the time. And he's, I think now he finally has it anchored, but it's like, it's, it, you know, it's just interesting. I, I think, um, and now, you know, over at Joel's plot, you know, Joel got like a, a, a hoop bender or like a pole bender. Yeah. And we're going to just drive all these stakes in the ground and it, he's in a flat area and it gets a lot of sun, and a lot of wind. And it's, it's just, you know, just, uh, you know, the first year I was more, I was more interested in getting it running to try to get away from yeah. my job. But now that I don't have a job or this is, you know, it's, it's time to make it work. I, right. I'm just noticing like the way my thoughts have changed and, you know, you saying, you know, I, I was just, I was just in it, man. I just gave it a go. Yeah. And uh, you know, you're saying it quite modestly, but I'm not going to let you get away with it, Chris. Cause I know you're like a <laughs> fucking clever guy. <laughs> and you, uh, you you innovate, you innovate, you think about stuff and you innovate it all the time. So how many, so, you know, that first year, you know, you're, you you build a hoop house. You said the fall of 2015 or t- fall, 2014.
1: 2014,
0: yeah. Okay. So did you, did you do the beds first and then put up the hoop house? Um,
1: um no, I mean, I had an area like tilled up without grass at the time, but, um,
0: what were you using for a tiller? Did you just go rent one or did you borrow one?
1: Well, just bought one. You said the first year I, I rented one and then I finally, I bought one half and half with my father-in-law, just like a small nine inch mantis. And, um, I've been using that. And then my neighbor gave me an old tiller that he had and they're just small ones. And I make multiple passes over a bed to, you know, get it going. I mean, I use broad fork before I till, and uh, that really helps to give the small tillers, you know, traction against the dirt. And that's what I've been using. I, I mean, I got this uh, this larger tiller last year, and I don't really, I mean, sometimes it's scary. <laughs> I, uh, the first time I was messing around with it, it literally like dragged me like 10 feet across the yard because it got caught on the ground and uh ended up flipping on its side and yeah it's but um you know i just use a small little chiller um it seems to work i would like to get the uh the tilther Hmm. but i just haven't really found it necessary absolutely necessary yet
0: yeah no that's that's good and I i think you you know eventually you will but i think uh yeah. You know, so, how many beds did you go to? Like, because you said you said the square footage, but how many? You know, thirty-inch beds yeah. did you have? Like, how many feet? Um, uh,
1: usually, I go by twenty-five feet. The first plot that I had originally, I did like thirty-foot-long beds. Um, but as of now, I'm up to it's about eighty or ninety beds. Right now, I have to clear out a little bit of uh some uh, blackberry brambles which is going to be an absolute joy to do and um
0: especially if they have blackberries have thorns too right yeah
1: they're like they're nice the canes are massive i mean like silver dollar size with huge thorns on them but i'm at about 80 or 90 beds i think in um my second year in 2015 i had um really i only had maybe 50 beds i i did a really poor orientation i had some i had like three random beds in the middle of a plot that were like perpendic- perpendicular to all the other beds that i had i don't know i thought it would be pretty um I thought it cool yeah yeah but it ended up being just a huge waste of time but it, it's been lots of learning and i mean like you know what you were talking about with just throwing money at stuff you know uh definitely matured in the process to realizing okay, maybe I shouldn't go on the cheap with this, you know, just spend the money and really do it.
0: Yeah. So what what was something that you said I'm not gonna go on that cheap with? I'm just gonna spend the money.
1: Um, definitely the hoop house. Okay. Uh, Um I mean I tried to do it as cheap as possible. I was shooting for like doing it for like five hundred bucks. And um i mean i've had I've literally had to rebuild it like five or six times, and um I wouldn't suggest anybody doing that, you know, um if I were to tell somebody how to do it, I'd definitely tell them to do it a lot better than uh, what mine is now, even yeah, so
0: well, let's make a recommendation right now I'm putting you on the I'm putting you on the spot, Gilbert <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, putting you on the spot, dude so what so if you were gonna do it now. And let's say, because there's a lot of people, I mean, this is the time of the year where people are thinking about, man, should I get this hoop house? Night. How should I build this? I mean, right. cause you, I mean, I'm sure. Cause what, what you would do now, it's still going to be pretty inexpensive in comparison yeah. to, you know, going to Johnny's and just saying, I want to buy that hoop house. or I want to buy that. Right. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, now, honestly, I would, I would either, um, come up with all the parts, by myself, or you, there's many options, you know, you could come up with the, you know, one by three, eight top rail, um, you know, for fencing and bend it with the, you know, one of Johnny's pipe benders, or even like there's a around here. And I think there's one in Pennsylvania. I've been hearing on the market gardening success group that there's a place called Nolts and they sell just like the kits, you know, they give you just the bars and the tunnels and the roll up sides, and you can get like a uh twenty eight by ninety six for like four thousand bucks i mean if you wanted to do it on a smaller level um I would probably just bend my own pipes,
0: yeah, that makes sense, so you got the i'm bouncing around, I'm sorry, so uh okay. you got the hoop house so. So, uh, you know, so you think, uh, I guess, no, let me ask you a follow up question. So what size do you think you should, it makes more sense to just buy a kit for?
1: Um, I would say like the larger you go, um, you might as well buy a kit, you know, with all the time you're going to put into bending pipes and figuring out exactly, you know, what pieces you need, you might as well just buy a kit. And I think if I, if I, I would like to have an uh a high tunnel by the end of the year this year and um I plan on buying a kit just spending the 4000 bucks and then you know and you're still going to have to
0: Yeah and you can um the anything. RCS uh, the RCS thing's still good too Yeah I Kaiser did
1: Yeah I don't know what's up with our office I applied for that and they told me something about you know they need to give me a farm number and then I called back multiple times you know wondering where we're at in the process. And I don't know our office just like flaked out on me. So I'm...
0: Huh. interesting. I'll figure Those it out. Bastards yeah. go down there and put some uh bags of dog crap on their desk. I'm just, teasing. <laughs> just being through Drew sample, drawing up the conversation here. Um, so no, that's interesting. Cause it's, uh, I think it's a daunting thing. Like, I, I don't, uh,
1: yeah, it is. I mean, getting introduced to it, I was just like, "This doesn't make sense. How how am I going to get the plastic stuck to it? You know, like, and how is it going to stay there?" Uh, but it is daunting, especially if you've never done it before.
0: Yeah, luckily Curtis's new videos have been pretty helpful too. Oh yeah. I mean, this past season, especially, like Curtis has just been pumping out content, which is which is just helpful, man, because a lot of people just need to see somebody else do it.
1: Right. It's like, oh, yeah. oh,
0: okay. That's, that's how you yeah. do it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how I am. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big wuss about stuff until I get started. I'm like, okay, yeah. I got it. Um, yeah. and that's just some yeah. of the times. I mean, sometimes, I mean, last season, man, that was just a, a mess for me. Like I was trying so hard to get stuff done and then I just got overwhelmed and I got burned out and yeah. and it was, you know, and a lot of that was just cause I didn't plan and I didn't, uh, it was just—it it was just kind of like, man, I, I'm not having fun doing this right now. So it was like, what do I need right. to do to to have fun? And I think that's that's a big thing too. Um, so you know, going into this 2015 season, so you, you get your hoop house going in the fall, all winter you're trying to keep it together. Man. Um, season comes. I mean, I'm guessing it's still together. You have you go from you you have uh how many beds did you have this year that year?
1: uh the 2015 yes sir um i would say with also like tomato beds it's probably about uh
0: 50 50 beds yeah and you were still trying to rock tomatoes you're like you know what i had a solid year last year i'm not going i'm not gonna give this up but i am gonna bring in salad mix and really focus on salad mix now did you buy a yeah. greens harvester in the off season as well
1: yeah i did um actually i think i I I did buy it in the spring before like the season was really going, um, and I I mean I sat on the computer for hours just being like, man, I want this, but I don't want to spend the money. And I mean seriously, I'd I'd spend like probably a thousand bucks in hindsight,
0: you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, totally the, the tools expensive. are huge. Um, and did you have any cedars then, or were you still using the the packet seating, or did you um, get an Earthway or a Jang?
1: Nice. When I started in 2015, I did not have a cedar still. And I mean, you know, we were up to like an eighth of an acre and it was just, it was painful. (laughs) (laughs) But I did buy the Earthway and um, I got it to work. And even this last season, 2016, I was still using just the Earthway. And mainly I just used the radish plate for everything. And I probably, I think I spent a A lot of money on seeds that's for sure probably close to a couple grand because that you know earthway just dumps them
0: yeah man it's not very efficient that was the thing and and, you know and i was trying to use the uh i never got spinach to work well um like it would grow in some patches and i just i just couldn't get it and we'll see with next season too um um, how that goes but
1: the chard plate if you go i you know, I think at least with the earthway, like your pace, um, has a lot to do with, you know, the uh, density of your crap. And, you know, I just go really slow with the charred yeah. plate with the earthway. And I mean, especially this fall, I had just awesome, you know, uh, germination. It was, I mean, just a whole entire 50 foot bed would just be
0: immaculate. And it, are you using the uh, reflect so, uh, seeds so you can use your greens harvester, or are you hand cutting it?
1: Um, I used I planted a lot of the reflect uh, this fall, and I still have a lot left over. Um, but I usually I've used the greens harvester with flamingo spinach, and Johnny has that too. Um, the stems are just really long. I mean, they can get up to six inches long, and but I only do that for. Um, I sell to a cafe and
0: they just juice all the spinach and put it in smoothies and stuff. So, oh, that works so well. Yeah, it does. So, okay, so let's get back to uh, you should really get a Jang though. I'm just going to put that up. Oh, I got one. Oh, you do got a Jang this season? You're like, yeah, yeah fuck that. Yeah, I think that was cool. the issue because I used a Jang first and you can just breeze with a Jang. And yeah. then when I tried to go back to an earth Where I'm like, man, this thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> I thought I was going slow, but I was probably going the same exact speed that I was going on a uh, uh, um with the Jang. And I didn't even yeah. think about that, but that makes a ton more sense. Um, yeah. So, okay, so y- you have this strategy. Before the first year, you were only doing farmer's market sales? two thousand four, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. In
1: 2014 and 2015, it was just all farmer's market. And uh, I think I had maybe a couple sales to a, a small uh cafe.
0: And so in 2015 though, you have half are you you're still doing radishes like are you are you are you then still just trying to get the the root crops going or did you did you look more at what Curtis is growing or what yeah, did you strategize cuz you had all the tomatoes as well?
1: Yeah. I I mean I I was growing, you know, what Curtis grows and you know what I think is just, you know, the best option but i still had you know some things i was like oh i want to make this work and i want to grow you know kohlrabis and i want to grow you know the okra and uh summer squash and things like that
0: yeah tell you what i I don't think anybody ever bought okra from us when we had okra yeah it's a horrible seller and collard greens too which was weird because we were in like an urban environment and people didn't it was just, you know, it, it was it was interesting. I mean, some people bought collard greens, but it was salad mix, I man. Our first year in two thousand, yeah, I think two thousand fifteen. That was the first year I had helped with Joel, and man, yeah. we made our most money when we had salad mix, and then we all the other crops started to grow, and nobody gave a shit about anything. And then we had some tomatoes, and it was still we had good tomatoes too, and nobody really cared because everybody else had tomatoes. Um, so what? So before I, I talk over you again, what so what happened with your tomatoes in two thousand fifteen?
1: Um, two thousand fifteen I think we got like I know there was one week in particular where we got like seven inches of rain. I think for the month of June we had like a total of like twenty inches. It was just bad. And um it, it didn't go well. What, what are you saying with just tomatoes or other things?
0: Oh, just you can yeah. Just say how the season went. That's okay. your first year with all this, all the extra beds. You're doing the 30 inch season. It's like yeah. your your first real year, year. And what did you? Well, your your first year was like the first year with, you know, kind of the foundation of the permanent beds. So what what yeah. happened uh, just that season?
1: Um, it went well. There's still some uh, pieces of infrastructure that I did not have. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't have any type of cool storage. I didn't have much of uh, a washing area. Uh, things were growing well. I was having a horrible, horrible time, uh, with crabgrass, which was just rampant and everywhere because I wasn't implementing any, you know, like steel seed beds or flame weeding or, you know, using tarps at any time. and. um it went well. Um, I think you know to talk about like what you experienced with last year. Like when it got to about the end of July and August, I was just like, "I'm, I'm done. I, I don't want to do this anymore right now." Yeah, you know. Um, and it, it was good. I, I, I had a goal set in mind. Um, I wanted to make uh, twenty five thousand and i fell about 10,000 short of that uh so i kind of beat myself up over that um from 2015 to 2016 um spent a lot of time uh thinking about how i didn't make my goal and um but in the next year uh i came with it full force and you know i think you know, watching all the videos with Curtis and just like you know, I I've even messaged him and told him you know like, thanks for doing what you do because you know you give people confidence to make certain decisions you know and that that really helps especially for anybody starting out you know it's it's hard to make those decisions where you you know gonna throw like a thousand dollars at something and you know without experience in it you don't know if that's the right choice to make or anything like that
0: yeah yeah did you so what i mean so what decision was that that you made was it just the hoop upgrading the hoop house or was it um i mean was it just simple shit you couldn't make it like yeah like shit that scott always talks about like everything seems so overwhelming and then it's like oh what what do i do what do i do and it's just because it's like this unknown of of starting out when it's most of the stuff's just really simple
1: yeah, a lot of it was simple stuff like you know doing the tarping and stuff like that. I I was just like this isn't gonna work. I don't have time for this, you know. Like, I don't. I'm not gonna spend you know hundreds of dollars on some pieces of plastic to put on the ground, and um, you know, simple things like that, are, you know, having just a refrigerator for cold storage. You know, I was harvesting every Friday afternoon. You know, trying to wash up everything. I didn't have like. Uh, a spinner to dry anything. I was taking a laundry bag and swinging it around outside <laughs> and trying to get everything packaged up for market on Saturday morning. You know, like that was just that, that wears you out. It really does. Yeah.
0: You, know,
1: if you don't have the proper tools to do um, what you need to do at an efficient level. Like you just, you wear yourself out.
0: Yeah, so, you know, so you know, you were so burned out. Um, you're kind of hard on yourself in between 2015, 2016. What makes you say, okay, I need to get cooled storage? Like, what infrastructure changes did you make that year, like that off-season?
1: Um, in the spring, I started uh, building a walk-in cooler, um, which uh, I had searched around on Craigslist for... Quite a while and not found anything that would be possible. Um, So I just took, uh, started building a walk in cooler in the corner of my garage using, you know, basic two by four framing and uh, uh, the styrofoam or foam type insulation and the cool bot. And that that was a big difference, Um, you know, being able to harvest throughout the week. And not being so pressured on one single day of the week, and also uh, I built um, Curtis's drying table, and that that that's just like the most ingenious
0: yeah. mention ever. You know, did like, you he, um, did you pick up his book in the off season as well?
1: Yeah, I did, I did, and um, you know, a lot of the information you know he talks about in the videos. And I don't know, I'm, I'm totally not like, you know, I, I study accountancy and I work with Excel workbooks and stuff like that. But like, when I have a bunch of information in front of me, like, I'm just like, nope. <laughs> I, and I'm a horrible book reader. I mean, I, I've i p- picked up a couple books over this, uh this winter, and I've read like two pages of each one. I just... But there's a lot of helpful information in there, and I'm still using a lot of information in there, you know, especially with moving to the Jang Cedar. You know, he has per crop, you know, how many ounces of seed you're going to use. Um, so starting the season off, you know, I'll have a pretty good idea of uh, where I need to go this year. Absolutely.
0: so, so what uh so what so you did so much better in sales 2016 um yeah. you know you you start building your walk-in cooler you get that built did you, you did you purchase an earthway cedar 2015 or did you just now yeah. purchase a cedar so did you purchase this during the season yeah in 15 yeah. okay so you have your earthway you have your greens harvester. you got your your johnny's rake and you got your uh johnny's uh uh broad fork you probably had to upgrade the uh hoop house once again in the off season
1: yeah
0: um so you know you're, you're kind of hard on yourself and now you know you come you know like a phoenix you rise out of the ashes you're ready to jump at, into the season again so what changes so you know you you start uh what changes with sales so what changes with um, do you just feel more confidence because, you know what, you're like, you know what, last year towards the end, I felt like I got my ass kicked, but now I'm ready to go at it? Uh,
1: definitely. I mean, um, I changed a lot. And I don't know, I, I think that a lot of times, um, I undervalue myself. And a lot of times, you know, when I'm at the farmer's market and have my product, it's just like, eh, maybe it's not worth $3. I don't know. and um, but. I think uh, a lot of times people expect um, things to just happen instantaneously, and I mean, I think even you know, if you went out and you know read all the books, you know, by John Martin and Curtis Stone, and you have a clear idea of what you know you need to start your farm, you still have to go through it, and you still have to experience it. And so I think I kind of reflected on that idea is that, you know, it's just just because it was a bad year last year doesn't mean this next year is going to be bad. And I came into it and I had, you know, better connections in my community. Uh, I had connections with the food hub. I was selling them stuff. They were. What's uh,
0: what's the food hub? How did you network in with them? Do they just come to the farmer's market?
1: They're actually. our farmer's market is located at, uh, an old freight house. So there's multiple businesses. It's kind of like a strip mall, but it's made out of an old freight place that was along the railroad. And, um, they're actually in the same strip as the freight house farmer's market is. So I would just go in there after market, get something to drink. And, you know, um, people that I know started working there. Um, but they helped me out a lot, and I was able to make a connection with uh, a brewery in the area. And I mean, in the spring of 2016, they uh, I think their first order was like 40 pounds of spring mix.
0: That's great, so, yeah. yeah. Breweries are key for that, man, and that's something yeah. that I try to focus on here, is because, you know, that's a craft ingredient spot, man. That's that usually oh, yeah. if. I mean, some breweries you go to, they have shitty food. I mean, they have, like, but they're good appetizers, but it's not, like, great quality. But right. other spots, man, you go in there, and it's it's fancy. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, like, uh, the best chef in Columbus. The guy voted the best chef in Columbus, this guy's Seth uh, uh, Lessig, I think is how you say his last name. But I've, I've talked to him, and, I mean, he's at Wolfs Ridge Brewery, which is, like, one of my favorite breweries here. And And now that we have all these breweries popping up, it's like, man, I need a need to really watch my drinking so I can go to all these places <laughs> and uh not try to indulge in beer um right. but it's you know but it's it's great places man because they all have yeah. salads they all want want you to have good food I mean every, everywhere you go it's like that I was just in Ann Arbor it was the same thing I, my buddy had, you know he works at University of Michigan and it was like you know what where should we go eat then I just look and I'm like well let's see what breweries you guys got we went there and Man, I mean, it's all, you know, they all have their gluten-free options and all that stuff. I mean, they're, I think yeah. craft beer is part of foodie culture, and foodie culture oh, is good for, good for people like us. Definitely. Definitely.
1: Yeah, it, it was a great, op- I mean, because that's, that's like the best customer that you can have. Somebody who wants, you know, uh, upwards of, you know, 100 pounds of stuff a week, you know, that's that's awesome. You know, a lot of restaurants that I've been in contact with um, this last year, you know, they would just want five pounds of this. Or even one time I had somebody order a pound of spinach.
0: That's, and, it. Uh, man, that's not even, doesn't even seem like it's worth your time. <laughs> no, I mean, to get your foot it's in the door, the maybe, but it's like, my whole approach has just been you know what are you ordering uh, how much do you use a week okay so if i could do this you know what what price point would you want i mean yeah. and it it's interesting like my my you know and not to you know talk over you or anything but like just you know with with just like my first big customers at brewery 2 and it was you know as much as i could sell he would buy and uh and then like i i talked to him about his other Restaurant, and I was like, Hey, man, what about this restaurant? He's like, Well, all we do is you know, butter, butter crunch lettuce, but this is how much I order. But honestly, man, based on the stuff you're giving me here and how long it lasts, I could probably order a whole lot less. Yeah, and it's you know, it kind of sucks because I want to sell more stuff, but at the same time, it's like that's fucking great, like you know what I mean? So, oh, so yeah, so your first customer, before I uh, rudely interrupted you two times in a row. Um, your first customer, you know, it was a brewery. He wants, they want 40 pounds a week. So you're like sweet. And then the next step is what's your next restaurant? So you have some people that are ordering five, 10 pounds. Yeah. You're doing it because it's business and you're like, this sucks. I'm not, did you, did you just kind of stop working with them or did they eventually up their order?
1: Um, I just kind of stopped, um, contacting them. I might contact them in the future, but I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, maybe I think it too much into it, but it's like, you know, I don't want, you know, pity sales, you know,
0: like, you know, I'm well, not. It's also too, it's like, man, I had this spot where it's like one of my favorite restaurants. Like I, anybody, it's like my favorite burger joint in town. And I knew the manager before and I'd I done business with them. And it was yeah. like, I, I was supposed to meet this chef on uh like Monday, right? And then... The guy, my one contact's not there. The chef's not there, so this girl gets me the manager that I didn't ask for, and then this lady just is like, "Well, it all depends on what the cheapest you can get get. We get it for three dollars a pound." I'm just like, "All right, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you because you don't care yeah. about the quality." But also, too, it's like, man, she's not the chef. All this other stuff, but right. it's, it's just like you know, that's not who I'm trying to sell to. Like, I want people that want local stuff, and if if, right. if people are interrupting you and they're not excited about oh cool a local farmer getting me good local produce and it's right and realistic you know it's you just can't be that desperate and that's the thing no. and i think like when you get started every sale counts and every sale's great right but then once you do it a little bit longer you're like no man like that's not worth my time like look this is what i can do i can provide you know this much i mean we have salad mix we have this and and it's you know it's it's totally different i i, I one thing that's interesting to me that I don't know if you've experienced is like people are like, well, I don't know if you could provide what we need. And then they're like, we do 25 pounds a week. It's like, yeah, man, that's like, I could do that in my backyard.
1: Easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's how um the, the brewery that I was selling to, that was our initial conversation. He's like, you know, we've gotten local food before, but they weren't able to keep up with us. So, you know, uh, you know, I'll give you an email and we'll talk about it, but I don't know. And, you know, so I think they kind of maybe they pushed me
0: at the first one,
1: you know, saying they wanted 40, 50 pounds.
0: Um, but and you're like, I, done. I'll be here next yep. week. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> so you get the brewery. You're, they're doing volume. So when was the next time? Because it sounds like, you know, last year was a year where you're like, you know, I, I you know, it's it's time to hit the restaurants. I mean, Curtis made it pretty. I felt yeah. like from that first season of the Urban Farmer, he's talking about restaurants, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, yeah, why am why am I yeah. not talking to restaurants?" Yeah, like, farmers markets are cool, but they're exhausting, and it's yeah, it's a it's a whole pile of stress. And definitely, it's, it, and that's the thing. I mean, I think I think farmers markets are great, but it's like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to go to a farmers market again. I might go to one next year because it's every other week, and yeah. it's like that's not that's not that big of a deal. But
1: man, yeah, I, I've definitely push myself with farmers markets many times, just getting caught up in the week with trying to make plannings and stuff like that. And I, you know, start working Friday morning and end up staying awake through the whole entire night and going and doing the farmer's market and staying up till eight o'clock Saturday night. And it's just like, why am I doing this again?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, man, that was the thing too. It was like, I was doing it because it was the most money, but it was like, I was working a full-time job. So it's okay. Thursday, and Wednesday, okay, so I'm going to harvest microgreens. Oh, I don't have my cooler finished, so i got to figure out all this fridge space. Okay, so I'm going to put all these uh, microgreens in clamshells. So yeah. then it's like I spent a whole night putting it in clamshells, right? So then I, I store it in the fridge, and then I, I go to the farmer's. You know what I mean? It was just like I wasn't getting any sleep. I was nope. worn out, and it was it was just uh, – it's like, man, something has to change. Yeah, and, and,
1: yeah. Uh, and I that's think really where I would like to go is, you know, to have, you know, my uh, restaurant sales be at least matching uh, my farmers market sales because our farmers market is really highly attended and I mean out of there's probably like 5 or 6
0: farmers markets in our area and I
1: mean I've gone to some of the other ones and I've made,
0: you know, 10 bucks. So <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I mean I sold yeah. out every time at the farmer's yeah. market, but I just, with a full-time job, it was just too difficult. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, farming full-time, it's it's different. You got more time to plan and more time to do stuff. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, with restaurants last year, how, you know, you said you, you would like to get it to where you're making it. How close did you get? So is is the brewery your only big customer? You said you have the, uh, you also have the um juice cafe as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, the brewery is my main customer. Um, I delivered to that cafe, and then there was a farm-to-table restaurant in the area that I just started delivering to uh, probably in like beginning of October last year, so I didn't really get an opportunity to get them too much. But um, there were times um, towards the end of the year where uh, my restaurant sales were way over the farmer's market because our farmer's market is definitely not consistent in the spring. It's like the month of May, it's just like straight out of the gate. You know, every weekend it's a thousand dollar plus weekend. And then you get to June and July and it's like, shoot, like,
0: <laughs> it gets too hot for Midwesterners.
1: Yeah. They're all this going to the pool and
0: drinking beers. And, and yeah. uh, I don't know, man, the Midwest, it's funny like that. Like you'd think, I always thought, like, oh, it's a holiday weekend. People want to come here because they're going to have barbecues. They want to get their local food. Nope. They don't do that at all. Right. Like,
1: did you guys have, like, horrible humidity
0: this year? Oh, we always have horrible humidity. Yeah. <laughs> like, I <it's-> mean, we <laughs> did, too. But,
1: like, I mean, the dew point was, like, 80 degrees this year.
0: It, you know, man, it was – It was. We, we had a bit of a drought this year, man. It wasn't, like, uh, the year before. Like, I, I swear we got, like, 40 inches of rain plus but last yeah. year I, I don't think we did i think we, we got like six or seven inches less i could totally yeah. be wrong but um my summer was horrible
1: For i, yeah. I mean i seriously if you uh, well you're on instagram if you look at instagram pics from the summer there was just like i mean there's like 10 beds that had stuff in it <laughs> <laughs> it was bad nothing would grow it was so hot
0: well so my thing was is uh what kind of put me out for the count was cause I was so bad at um I was so bad at not having something to put in the ground if something went bad. And that was yeah. the big that was the thing I learned the most last year is I have to have something to put in the ground um if something goes bad. So I had luckily, you know, and this is something Ray Tyler had actually figured out too, is just, you know, I, I did I mean my plot's small, man. I mean it's it's just my yard, but I had over overhead irrigation. And I just had a, I just had a, like, I would seriously, I was going like, shit, man. I think I was doing like 30 minutes a day, uh, three times yeah. a day. And it just was keeping my stuff alive. But I tell you what, man, the, the Salanova, it, the extra cuts I got, it went from being able to get three or four cuts to one to two cuts and maybe yeah. just one cut. And then it was like, fuck.
1: Yeah. It, I didn't have very, I didn't have good germination with Salanova. And also I did like, two plantings during the year just trying to get it in the ground and one like you know probably 85 percent of them died in the ground and then the other one probably you know 50 percent of them died and i only got like one cut from you know planting it in july to you know november i wasn't impressed
0: no yeah i i uh so you didn't have good luck with salanova all year no were you transplanting or just growing it from seed
1: yeah i was transplanting i was doing the micro uh soil blocks
0: okay i and, i did not do micro soil blocks i just did yeah. it in normal i had great luck with Salanova, man like i i uh joel was not a firm believer in it but then my first harvest i, I didn't know how to space it i didn't know yeah like it was just i, I tried to do landscape fabric and i just kept fucking it up and so I was like, "Fuck it, man! I'm just gonna get on the ground." So I just jammed as much Salanova in one bed that I could, and there's Instagram yeah. photos of it. And man, I got like 25 pounds on wow. one bed, and it was just a 15 foot bed, wow. and I think it was like 36 inches. I tried to be 30, man, but yeah, I didn't know what I was That's doing when great. I built it. And It was like, uh, so I had, uh, and actually, so then, um, but I had great luck with it, man. I, I Salanova yeah. was. A huge money maker. It converted uh, Joel right away. Joel was like, "Man, I want to do it." It's so expensive. And then, uh,
1: yeah,
0: uh, Luke and Scott just really tore into me because I was like, "Man, I don't think I'm gonna do it." And they were, <laughs> and they were like, "Why wouldn't you do it? Like everybody's telling you to do it." So I think that's weird, man. How how do how do you have your irrigation set up?
1: Um, it's just overhead impact sprinklers. Um, I mean, we, it was really brutally hot and humid, and I mean, I think that has something to do with it, but yeah. also, I think this this year, I've already bought seed, I'm gonna, uh, it's called uh, Easy Leaf, it's supposed to be really similar to Salanova, but it's like a third of the price, maybe even a quarter of the price, um, but it is from Osborne Seeds, and also High, mor- high Mowing Organic Seeds sells them now and i think it's like it's like eight bucks for one m and i i i grew it a couple times but it just got fried in the hoop house but i'll be doing it this year and see how that works out because i mean
0: this one guy from the course alex wadsworth what he did was he would cover it in shade cloth after he cut it and he got he said he could get way more cuts out of it
1: yeah I think I've noticed that with at least the the baby cut lettuce that I do um especially in the heat if I would cut it, it would just i mean I'd get half of what I got the first cut because so many plants would just die off. That's definitely something I wanna do this next year is implement shade cloth even though it's really expensive. I think it would definitely be worth
0: it. I right, guess it's worth it just do your nine wire your yeah nine wire rig and uh yeah, get it all set up.
1: I think you know, seeing you know Curtis can grow all that stuff, baby kale and arugula during the summer. But I think that has more to do with you know he's on a much higher latitude, so like the strength of the sun is probably less where he is.
0: I know it gets hot yeah. there though. That's the thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, but that I makes think sense. That's due to like the ocean current.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. I think shade cloth is the key. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting this year, man. Like there's a lot of I mean, so like this year Joel, you know, I think we did with the we got that BCS and yeah, he bought like uh he's got like two acres, but I think we have a little over an acre tilled up and with beds and and Joel's just cuz Joel's been going at it long, way longer than me. Like he got yeah. me into it and it's just like he's ready to go and so we'll see, man. I mean, I'm we got to get starts going like uh yeah, like, real yeah. soon.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm already looking at things and be like, oh, I might have missed a couple of things. I'm not sure. Uh, but I have a calendar. I think that's the best way to do it is, like, find a calendar on Excel and just, you know, put in all your dates so you can look at it and know, like, hey, Wednesday, I got
0: to do this. And that's it. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, and then do you do microgreens at all or just, just field crops?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've done. I've I've had a lot more luck selling microgreens at the farmers market than I have at
0: restaurants. Um,
1: but yeah, I do sunflower shoots and pea
0: shoots, um, radish shoots. I think, I think again, I think that's because we're in the Midwest. Like some people are hip to microgreens, yeah, but other people are just not, and uh, and that's it's interesting. Like, but a lot of chefs around here they just want weird microgreens that. Like corn shoots and stuff. Well, yeah, shit that doesn't <laughs> yield the same, and uh, right. and so I I'm gonna have John Dowie on. He does uh he does a lot of microgreens out on the East Coast, so yeah. I'm gonna have him on tomorrow to talk about what he's doing because he's got a lot of different colored radish and and all that fun stuff. And it's uh, yeah, I've I've really been putting off um growing anything right now. Like I was just so burned out that it's just like, all right, man, I gotta. I got to yeah. do this. I got to, I got to stop being a bitch about this and just get back into it. Yeah, um, it's,
1: that's the hardest thing is starting once you're in it. It's, it's easy to keep going, but yeah, start is the hard part.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Chris, we're, we're about an hour, man. And, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we covered a lot of stuff. You're going to be on permaculture voices here again soon. And you've already been yep. on there once as well. And I'll put the, I'll put that link in the show notes, but, uh, Anyways, I wanted to have you on, man, because you actually gave me a ton of great tips and advice. Um, For sure. Over my first season, and I hope you had a good time on today. We're kind of all over the place. Yeah, but
1: it's, it's all good, man. Cool. I enjoy it. It's good talking to you rather than uh,
0: just Facebook messaging.
1: Yeah, just looking at your picture. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Was- yeah. What what I sound like, <laughs> and then you could. Oh no, you can turn on the podcast though, and like be like, oh yeah. 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 I I was imagining what you sounded like. I'm like, I wonder what he sounds like.
1: Yeah, well, you gotta I'm, be on Instagram more.
0: That is Instagram true. Instagram in yeah. my
1: place. You don't see me posting a lot of stuff on Facebook, but I post a lot. Unless on unless we
0: we post a men's rights thing that we know nothing but, about, and yep. then my mom gets on <laughs> and, and wants to lecture me about it. Uh, it's pre- that's pretty funny, man. I think uh, I don't know. It's weird. Such a weird time politically that it's it's so hard to it's so hard for me to not want to fucking troll man and like i've talked uh, to I when i was doing javin's course it was like one of our goals that we both agreed like you know what it, do i really want to be known as a troll or do I want to be known <laughs> as like the the food guy in columbus the guy who can get you good produce yeah. and man like when i say i want to stop trolling it just like makes all these people sad because they think <laughs> it's so funny and a lot of times dude i don't even intentionally troll and it yeah. just happens. And I'm like, dude, I can't yep. even help it. I wasn't yeah. even trying to do this, and it's uh. So, anyways, man, it's it's funny. Yeah. I I enjoy inter- I interacting with you on the the interwebs.
1: Yeah, I try to avoid uh, posting anything at all because I just get myself in trouble. So,
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. It's it's uh, you just got to, man. Um, but you did a smart thing and you created a a professional Facebook page too, which is right. good. Yeah,
1: I I can't when I can't handle the world. I need <laughs> <fish>, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, man, what's the best way for people to uh, follow you or get in touch with you if they have questions? Um, because I I tell you what, man, I you really have some uh, some crafty ideas, and I think you're really quick to troubleshoot and kind of get some uh, quick. Cheap fixes for what people, you know, might for first year guys. I mean, I know for me, it's like, man, I need, I know I need to do hoops right now. I got this insect netting and I didn't end up fucking with it. But it was yeah. like, I had such big problems with flea beetles. And I'm like, all right, now I got to try to figure out how to buy hoops or what I do there. Yeah. And you're like, dude, just do nine wire and bend yeah. them out. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's way cheaper solution. For sure.
1: That's, that's what I used in the beginning instead of, you know, electrical conduit. So yeah, it works for sure. Um, the best way would be um, on Instagram. It's uh Gilbert scrapes, Iowa. Um, and I'm always posting on there. I do some videos and stuff and yeah.
0: Otherwise Facebook, I'm not very active on. And you guys have a, what do you have a website for your business?
1: No, we don't. We have like some crappy Weebly website, but it's, Not very much information that would be worth anything. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's more important to just hit the street, right? Yeah. And as long as you're, you know, talking with people and
0: liking their photos, it's the best way to get to know people. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And uh, I enjoyed having you on. We'll have to do this again sometime in the future. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, so everyone, thanks for tuning in again. And uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you guys another episode soon.